Welcome to Passive Income Group 360, the podcast for new and upcoming entrepreneurs who are ready to stop living from paycheck to paycheck and finally achieve real financial freedom. This is your host, Lisa Michelle. I've been a solo attorney for 20 years, but in 2019, I began my search for the best sources of passive income. Now, each and every Friday, I share with you everything I've learned along the way. No fake gurus, no flashy Lambos, just real information that you can use today. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to Passive Income Group 360, the podcast. This is your host, Lisa Michelle. If you've been here before, welcome back. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're a new listener, thank you for coming. I appreciate you too. You know, I hope that you're all doing well um, during these times. I know there are a lot of people who are negatively impacted by the uh, pandemic, and I truly hope that you're all well. Um, I realize that there are a lot of people who, during this time in particular, are looking to start a new business. A lot of people have either lost employment altogether or who are, have been able to work but not go back to the same level of employment. And so there's still a shortfall in terms of income. So I, I understand there are a lot of people out there who are looking for ways to either supplement their current income or to just really just say, you know what, I can't rely on a full-time job anymore because it's not dependable. Let me create my own opportunities. Let me start my own business. And, you know, while it's great to talk about, you know, affiliate marketing and advertising and branding and all that stuff. I know there are a lot of people who just want to know how to get started. There's so much information out there that it's very easy to get overwhelmed by a lot of information and still be left with the question of how do I get started? You know, I want to have my own business, but I don't even know what to sell. I don't even know what to do. So I thought today we would talk about just that, which is starting a business from scratch and taking that whole idea from conception to launch. So I've identified 17 steps, um, and not every business will have the same steps, of course. It you know, kind of depends on what your industry is and what business you wind up starting, but for the most part, I've identified 17 steps that you would need to take in order to start and open a um, successful online business. So I'm not gonna go through all 17 steps Today, I think I'm going to actually break it up and do maybe the first nine today and then do the last eight in the next episode so it doesn't go too long. So let's go ahead and just jump right in. Now, of course, if you know you want to start a business, but you don't know what you want to do, the first thing you have to figure out is to determine what kind of business you want. And part of it is kind of reviewing what I talked about in the finding your passion episode, but you really want to brainstorm for this part, you know, get a piece of paper out and just write down everything, any kind of business you've ever contemplated. Some, even if it seems so far fetched that you don't think you'd ever be able to do it, write it down. If it's something that you think would be too difficult to do for you right now, write it down. If you heard an idea a few months ago, and you figured, eh, I don't know if I'd really be able to just write everything down, brainstorm. Because I think for a lot of us, what really keeps us from progressing is just mulling over 
so many ideas that we just never actually get started on one. But if you get it all down on paper, it kind of frees up your mind, I think, to say, okay, I don't have to keep worrying about what type of business I want to start. I'm going to put it all on paper and then make a decision and I'll be able to move on the next step. So I would I would suggest you first do that, brainstorm, write down any kind of business you've ever thought of opening, far-fetched, realistic, unrealistic or not. Then I'd also add to that list things that you know you're good at. Are you a guitar player? Are you really good at uh, playing the piano? Are you a good uh, knitter? Do you have a green thumb? Do you love to garden? Do you love to cook? Are you really into fitness? Do you love yoga? Uh, what about your diet? Are you uh, a vegan? Are you into keto? Think about anything that you are interested in either practicing, reading about, doing, anything. Just write all that down in a different section. Then you want to add to that list things that you know you're good at, things that other people have told you that you're good at. You know, maybe you don't really see it, but maybe someone else has told you, wow, you've got really nice handwriting or, you know, you're really good at um, solving problems. You're a good listener. You're a good speaker. Write down all the things that you know you're good at. And between, you know, brainstorming any ideas that have come to mind, um, in addition to things that you are interested in and things that you know you're good at, you should have a pretty good list there of ideas. So then to top it off, think out of all those things that you wrote down, what could you see yourself doing all day long? If you didn't have to work, you have to worry about, you know, making dinner for your kids or taking your kids to practice or helping them with homework. If you'd have to worry about, well, I have to go to work, you know, tonight and work the night shift. If you just had a whole day to yourself, you don't have to worry about anything. What would you do all day? Would you read? Would you watch movies? Would you cook? Would you start your garden? Would you knit a sweater? What would you do? Because that's a good indication of something that you could actually, um, maybe start a business around. So if you can find a common thread between that thing that you would just love to be able to do with something that you're good at, all you have to do is figure out a way to monetize that. Because if you're really good at playing the piano and that's something that you love to do, there are ways that you can try to monetize that skill. Whether you're showing other people how to play the piano or whether you're writing music, there's a way to create a business around that. And that's what you want to do. You don't want to leave, maybe leave a job that you're not crazy about to start a business that you're not crazy about, right? If you start your own opportunity, take that chance to do something that you love to do, something that you're passionate about, where you don't feel like you're actually working when you're doing it. So that's the first step. And that's a big one. So, you know, that answer may not come to you overnight, but if you can get it all down on paper and brainstorm and think about it, you'll be in the shower, you'll be driving in your car and something will come to you, but just get it all down. Step two is to research and try to identify a niche or identify a target audience so that you can try to separate yourself from the competition so that if you are teaching piano, instead of saying, okay, I'm going to open up a business where I, you know, 
teach people how to play the piano, you can start a business where you teach single moms how to play the piano or teach elementary school children how to play the piano. So you can focus down onto one particular audience. And then when it comes time to actually create a marketing plan, you know who you're marketing towards. It's really difficult to try to market to everybody. So you want to try to figure out what group do you want to target? It's helpful to target groups that you know something about, and it makes it easier for you to actually communicate with with that group and to identify with them. So you want to figure out what you want to do and then figure out who you actually want to be able to target with that business. Okay, then the third and fourth steps are similar. They're related. And that is you want to identify the steps that you'll actually need to take to launch your business. And then once you've identified those steps, you want to create a customized timeline. This way you have an idea of how long it might actually take you to open your business and you can map it out so you're not overwhelmed. You don't feel like you have to open the business and do everything in two days. You map it out based on your schedule, um, based on the amount of time that you have to actually dedicate to the business. If you're working full time and you only have maybe two to three hours a week to dedicate toward that, then you want to factor that into your timeline. And once you have all the steps, you know, in front of you, you can actually have a better idea of, you know, what needs to be in the timeline. But just know that you want to be able to map out, okay, I'm going to start in January. And by January, I'll have my business idea and my niche identified. Then in February, I'm going to move on to the next step, which is step five, and that is pick a name. I want to pick a name for the company, and I want to start thinking about branding. So step five is just that. Not only do you want to have a name, but you want to have a name that gives people an idea of what type of business you're selling or or type of service you're offering, right, or products you might be offering. Um. If you, you know, if you want to actually have a brand just with your name and you want to be, you know, uh, Marla, I don't know, MarlaJones.com, that's fine. But then you want to come up with some type of tagline, you know, uh, Marla, what I say, Marla Jones, um, piano teacher for tomorrow's star, you know, something like that. Come up with a tagline so people know, okay, well, she's teaching Uh, piano lessons for children who want to be stars when they get older, whatever it is. Make sure that you pick something that you can live with because it'll be very difficult to change it later. You know, once you become well-known and people recognize you for your service, you don't want to switch the name up later on. So pick a name and mull it over for a while (laughs) because you really want to make sure that you're going to like it. And in addition to the name, you also want to think about a logo and colors. So you want to have brand colors and a logo and even a font so that when people see your newsletter or your marketing materials, when they see the colors and they see the font and they see the logo and your name, they'll know for sure who this is coming from. You don't want to send out materials and each time you know, you've got different fonts, different color schemes, and then your customer, potential customer has to look at it twice to see who it's coming from. So make sure that they're all consistent 
and that the colors are also like the name colors that you can live with because you don't want to change it once people recognize you for a particular look. And then branding, while the logo and the, the colors and font are important, the voice behind that brand is also very important. So from the beginning, think about whether or not you want to have a, a casual, you know, kind of relationship with your customers. Um, you want to have a more formal authoritarian type of relationship with your customers. It depends on what type of business or service you're offering, right? Uh, certain services, it may not really be appropriate to have a kind of, you know, casual, jokey, you know, kind of personality behind the brand. But just be mindful when you first start communicating with potential customers that you want your materials to have a certain voice and you want that voice to be consistent all along. For example, would you see a Target commercial? Target commercials tend to have a certain kind of feel. They're not serious. You know, they, they always have people in the commercials laughing and singing and, and having a good time. And then you see commercials for, I'm not sure if it's, um, I'm not sure if it's for Cadillac or Lincoln, but you see uh, Matt McConaughey <laughs> and it's a very different feel behind those ads, right? So if you saw a Target ad like that, you would be saying, what is going on? You know, this ad is so somber and it's so serious because each brand has identified itself as being totally different. So when you set up your brand and you start creating materials that you'll send out to potential customers, just keep in mind the personality and the tone behind your materials because people will identify that with your brand. Um, so after that, what you want to do is secure a domain name for a website. So you may be thinking, oh, do I really need a website? Well, if you're doing something like print-on-demand with a print-on-demand company like Redbubble or Spreadshirt or something like that, you won't need a website because you'll be posting your designs on their site. If you're selling on Etsy, uh, I would still suggest you secure a domain name and consider having your own website in addition to uh, listing on Etsy, but you definitely wouldn't need that to start. So like I said, certain things on the list are not necessary in the beginning, but I would still secure a domain name. Why? Because if you set up your business and you're Marla Jones and you're really starting to blow up and you're saying, wow, you know, I really need to get that website. And you check in marlajones.com.net dot co dot info they're all taken <laughs> now what so then you've got to come up with some other name you know that will kind of make sense considering the name of your company is marla jones so you can go on godaddy.com and i think it's on their home page you can actually put in um like uh whatever domain name you may want and it'll search for it and tell you whether or not it's available so that's free you know you can do that in your spare time you can do it now. <laughs> Actually, go to GoDaddy.com, put in any random domain name that you think you may want, and it'll tell you whether or not it's available. If you find something that's available, I would take it. A lot of times, uh, depending on where your domain name or do your domain will be um, housed, if it's with Wix or Squarespace or Zero, GoDaddy, wherever WordPress, um, I would definitely try to get 
find some deal where you can get your domain maybe free for the first year or for a reduced price for the first year. A lot of the web hosting companies will offer you that. So keep that in mind and just secure it. Even if you don't plan on plan on um, starting or opening or creating a website right now, just go ahead and get the domain name so you have it and no one else can get it. And the same goes with social media. Go on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, maybe even LinkedIn and Pinterest. And once you're sure of your name, make sure that you snag that name in all those social media platforms. You don't have to actually start posting anything. You don't have to completely fill out your whole profile, but you want to secure the name. So if you decide that you do want to start posting on social media later, you've got the name. And, you know, they're free on the social media site. So it doesn't hurt to get, you know, your real name if you think you may be using that for the business and then also the business name, just so no one can take it later once you become, you know, well-known. People know who you are and they want to be associated with your brand. They won't be able to get it because you already have it. So just, I would do that um, in the early stages. The next thing you may want to do is secure an address and phone number. Now, what I do is I use a PO box at a post office and I just use that for mail because I definitely wouldn't advise using your home address if you can avoid it. Just a little scared about that. Um, so if you're able to get a um, P.O. box, maybe get a, the smallest box that they have and use that so that when you're registering on different sites and they ask you for your address, you won't ever have to use your home address. So if you're not worried about, you know, the security involved, you know, I guess you can use your home address, but I would highly suggest you not do that if you can afford to get a small box at a post office or someplace like, um, I think it's mailboxes, et cetera, or is it mailboxes, et cetera? I don't know, but I think every town has small uh, companies where they have like little mailboxes where you go and pick up mail and you can also have them wrap up packages to ship off via UPS. And they probably have different names across the across the country and other countries as well. But I would definitely secure a, a box number somewhere else. And with the phone number, you can get a free phone number through Google Voice. So if you don't want to have <laughs> uh, strangers calling your cell phone regarding to the business, then you may want to think about securing a Google Voice number, and that can be linked to your cell phone. So when someone calls the business number, it'll still ring on your cell phone, but they won't know that they're calling your cell phone. And you can also call out, and I think you can have it so that your business number will show on the caller ID. So no one will ever have your real uh, personal phone number. Number eight on the list is to set up all the legal stuff. So if you're not sure whether or not you want to uh, create an LLC or um, if you do wind up having a website and you're going to have to have disclosures on your website, you may want to start investigating to find out everything that you need to be legally compliant. Do you need to have a license to do what you're doing? Do you need a permit? You need a, a tax ID? Make sure that you do everything that you have to do to set up that business legally in the beginning. So again, if you're selling print on demand on 
print on demand with print on demand companies like Redbubble and all that, you don't need that step to do that. But if you're thinking about, you know, opening up a hair salon, or if you're thinking about um, selling your handmade crafts, just make sure that everything is in place for your, you know, um, jurisdiction. If you need a permit, sales from tax uh, certification, whatever you need, make sure you've got that in the beginning. And then the last one, uh, at least for today, is that you want to open up a business account. Once you start bringing money, you don't want to have to separate everything that you've earned from your business, from everything that you may have earned from your full-time or part-time job. You just don't want to commingle the money that way. So what I would suggest is opening up a small business account. I don't know what the minimum is at your particular bank, but maybe find a branch or a bank that has a low minimum. And if it's $50, maybe start it with $50 of your own money and then just use that. Use that account. This way, come tax time, it'll be way easier to show all of your income and expenses because it's it's a separate account. And I think later on down the line, you'll be happy that you did that. All right. So those are the first nine steps. Like I said, I will go through the rest uh, next week. I do have a course and I will list a link to that course in the show notes. And you'll also be able to find it on the website, PassiveIncomeGroup360.com. Registration is not open yet, but it should be opening in the next week. And this way, if you don't want to have to wait until next week to get the other steps, or you want to have everything explained in detail, you can definitely think about taking the course. If not, we'll finish going through the list uh, next Friday. And if you have any questions, feel free to jump on the website for additional resources and support. And as always, be safe. And I will talk to you next Friday. Peace. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please subscribe and look in the description for a link to join fellow listeners online. Until next time, peace.